You're listening to episode 26 of the Junto Podcast. On episode 26, I was asked to be part of a panel on Counseling is Heart Work, put on and hosted by Annie Esther, MSED, MAT, and MBCT. I was also joined by Marquise Cooper Sr., Senior Pastor at Otter Creek Community Church in Little Rock, and Valicia Wilson, owner at Divinity 360. In episode 26, we had a great conversation on mental health in the church and how the church can help prepare to help its people. Thanks for stopping by and enjoy the show. I want to, first of all, thank everyone for being on. Uh, Pastor Luckett has joined us tonight, and he is going to be one of our panelists for next week, next Thursday, as we discuss actual men's health, men's mental health. So I'm going to go ahead and do our introductions. First, we have Ms. Valicia Wilson. She is a native of Marion, Arkansas. She's a professional hairstylist and the CEO of Divinity 350. Her greatest accomplishment is becoming a mother to three beautiful children and two newly grandchildren. Valicia is also known for her infectious personality and transparency on various topics. She is strongly connected to her spiritual foundational principles, but understands the balance between humanity and divinity. Next, we have Pastor Jeremy Soto. He's currently the Connect Pastor for Victory Church of the Mid-South and is also the Project Success Administrator. He has been on staff with Victory Church for 11 years Recording in progress. And not only carries out typical pastoral duties, but also holds up counseling needs for the church as they arise. In addition to his bachelor's in business and pastoral coordination, Jeremy has received multiple Bible counseling certifications from Light University and counsels individuals regularly from the perspective of God's word. Jeremy has a passion for how psychology and Bible counseling overlap and has dedicated many hours researching how the church can properly help those in need. Jeremy is passionate about seeing God's people set free to live the life God intended for them to live. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Good to be here. And last but not least, our last panelist for the night, is Marquise L. Cooper. Marquise Cooper is the proud husband of Carmen M. Cooper. He is the father of three amazing children, Kalia, Kobe, and Marquise Jr., as well as the godfather of Mia Walker. Marquise is the senior pastor of Otter Creek Community Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. Marquise obtained a Bachelor of Arts from Philander Smith College and a master's degree in counseling education from the University of Arkansas at Little Rock. Marquise is a school counselor, motivational speaker, president of Bohemia Cares, and a published author of four books. His latest book is titled Behind Closed Doors, Real Men, Real Issues, Real Conversations, Real Solutions. He currently works as a school counselor at Don Roberts Elementary 
in the Little Rock School District. So without further ado, I would love for us to get started because I am so excited to see, first of all, where this is going to go, because I know that the conversation, it is time. And I wanna start off with Marquise sharing one of, when I initially called him and I talked to him about this, his why changed. His why changed. So Marquise, would you please start us off, first of all, offer prayer, and then let us know your why, because it changed last week. Let us bow for a word of prayer for those that are online tonight. Grace and most eternal Father, Lord, we want to say we thank you for uh, just opportunity tonight to partake in um, a great discussion, a great dialogue as it relates to mental health in the church and what we can do to address these issues. We thank you for everyone that's on the line. We thank you for those um, who may be um, desiring to join us but have not yet arrived. We thank you for all the panelists tonight, and we just ask that you would just be with us tonight as we have an open, honest, um, uh, and um, life-changing conversation. It's in God's Son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, uh, I want to thank uh, Annie for the opportunity to be here tonight with you guys. And like she said, my why definitely changed from, um, from initially when she asked me to do this. Um, just last Wednesday, one of my cousins um, was murdered by her boyfriend. And uh, wow. we, we got a phone call. Uh, yeah, wow. I was getting ready to uh, uh, go into Bible study. Got a phone call about 630. And, um, you know, they said, you got to come. You got to get here. So I went down. And uh, unfortunately, you know, I'm, I'm 46 and I've never been um, at a homicide crime scene before. And so it was, you know, it, it was something that I didn't expect. Um, wow. you know, my, my husband, we were very close, grew up together, uh, went to high school together, finished school together. Um, and so to get that phone call uh, was, you know, it, it does something to you, you know, because in my profession, it, it always does something to me, even if it's somebody that's not my, you know, not that close of kin to me, but to get that phone call and say this happened and, you know, the nature of how it happened and you know, I, I just told Annie, I said, well, you know, I, I definitely got to be on here now, you know, just to help, you know, if nothing else to, to shed insight and, and just to hear from you other panelists about, you know, how we can address this the way it needs to be addressed. Because, you know, in, in that time frame of just last week, I got three more phone calls about three more women who have been murdered by either boyfriends or husbands. Wow. So we're not talking about something that's, you know, is, is in New York City. We're talking about something that's right here in Arkansas. You know, maybe next door, you don't know what's going on with, you know, the people that you, and, and sometimes even, the you know, the people that go to church with you, um, that, you know, everybody has issues. And I, I think it's time for us to have this conversation to be real, uh, to be relevant about what's going on, to stop just saying pray about it. Uh, because if that's the case, prayer would have changed everything. And so we got to stop praying and we got to move to action. And so I'm, I'm just grateful to be here with you all tonight, just to glean from you guys and you know, to learn more about what you're doing and, and how we can uh, address this issue as a whole from where you are, where I am, and, and where the church sits. So once again, thank you, Annie. Thank you so, so, so much. 
the 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 issue of mental health is is personal to me. Um, I have personally struggled with postpartum depression after I gave birth to my daughters. And unfortunately, I didn't feel as if I had anyone that I could talk to. And at this point in my life, I don't have a problem being vulnerable if it's going to be a blessing to someone else. I was asked a question, and this is what I want us to lead off with. Is the church truly ready to receive those who are hurt? Is the church truly in the position to help the vulnerable without them feeling judged? All right, let's talk. Y'all thinking. <laughs> I can see it. Jeremy, I'm looking at you. Yeah. Val, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Whoever wants to pop in. Okay. So um, being that I was raised in the church my entire life, my dad is a pastor. And my foundation is pretty much what they call holiness, sanctified church. So I will be honest. I don't think that the church is ready for it in its entirety because there's so much that comes with it. And I think people have to understand when you get through doing the altar calls, when you get through travailing, when you get through tearing, when you get through covering up the people with the sheets, there's still the underlying issues that have to be dealt with. So a lot of people don't understand that mental health, it's not just your mind, it's your emotions as well. So a lot of people they're not ready for that conversation because they the word mental in itself is scary. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, they shy away from it. First of all, they don't have the proper auxiliaries to accommodate trauma. And we've been taught that if you seek professional help, then your faith is lacking. So I don't think that the church is ready for this because it's a deep conversation. You know, it's one of those conversations that if you start to talk about it, you just can't stop. There's layers to mental health. So honestly, I don't think the church is prepared to accommodate the trauma that comes with it. That's just my take on it. Yeah, wow. I'll, I'll hop in. I said, wow. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I'll hop into, first of all, condolences, uh, Pastor Cooper, on uh, what has yes. occurred in your family. We certainly uh, empathize and we pray for you with that. And I, I, I agree with uh, Miss Valicia. You know, I think the church is well-intentioned. I think that uh, she hits some really good things that are powerful. One being that if we feel like we're in a position where we need help outside of the church, then our faith is lacking. And I, I think that's because there is just a misunderstanding. You know, God gives us wisdom. God gives us the ability yeah. and gives doctors uh, knowledge. I know a lot of doctors who are Christian men and women, right? They practice from a, a place and perspective of faith. So I, I think that there has been not an openness um, in the church because people are scared, man, if I approach the pastor or if, or if people know what I really had going on behind closed door, then my goodness— 
uh, I would not be accepted. And I think people have to be uh, be able to put themselves in a position, A, where they can be vulnerable. You're not, the Bible says that, you know, you, you're not going to get healing unless you bring something into the light. As long as you're carrying it into the dark, you know, you're just not going to get any healing. And I think as pastors, uh, our our jobs, and, and I don't like the term job, but one of the duties that we have in a pastoral role is not only to teach the Word, but to be also to recognize that there are moments where, hey, it, it's not that this person's faith is lacking, but there may truly be uh, some medical uh, some medical needs that need to happen in their life. So whether we're ready or not, God, I, I pray we get ready. <laughs> Hopefully this is a start. Yes. 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 I got to come in here. Yes, Pastor Luckett. Hey. Hey, Felicia. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> I, I think one of the issues I see, uh, I've been a, a church musician for about 23 years, and I've seen a lot of, uh, different services, different pastors, and different, you know, church perspectives. And one of the things that I see, we're not letting the church be the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a deep saying. The church is, we're not letting it be the church because we're putting too much of our traditions and our feelings and our opinions into it. But right. if we would just let the church be the church, yeah, it has what it needs to bring forth deliverance and healing. I agree. Yeah, let 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 God be God. In other words, come on. Yeah, right. too much of my feelings in. I'm starting back to back to shout here. Yes. <laughs> let God be God. Yes. Well, hey, I'm gonna I'm, I'm, uh, take a I'm gonna take a kind of slightly different, like a different perspective. Um, okay. And I and I agree with I agree with everything that's been shared. I, I think, you know, like like uh, Brother uh, 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 Luckett was saying about, you know, let the church be the church. And um, what, um, uh, is it Valicia? I'm saying it right? Is yes. It, okay, okay, okay. Okay, what, what you were saying about how you were raised up in, the, you know, the holiness and, you know. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I tell my church all the time, you know, b- before you get ready to put that sheet on somebody else, throw it on yourself. Mm-hmm. Because reality is you you trying to cover up somebody else and you can't cover them if you're not willing to expose who you are. That's true. Absolutely. And so a lot of times when we talk about mental health, the first thing we got to do is we got to be real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we try to, we put on this facade, you know, we wear these suits and we wear these nice dresses and these pretty hats. But deep down inside, many of us are wrecked, we're tore up. Um, and, and we don't want people to see that because like right. if, if they see me, then it, 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 to some people, like if they see me uh, at, at a level where they think that, you know, because I've gone through something, then that makes me weak. But in actuality, I think the more you go through, the more people you're able to help. So it's like the church has a, a, a flipped, um, a, a warped kind of view on mental health. And I'll take it one step further. I'll say this. I preached a series on mental health, and I want you to listen to this. I, I preached a series on mental health. And I had a, um, I had a few people that said that 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 those sermons were not appropriate. Wow. wow. Now, so when you wow. like what you said, so when you talk about like even talking about mental health, you know, if 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 we're not going to address it the way it needs to be addressed, and if we can't address it even from the behind the pulpit, or uh, like you said, brother uh, Soto, behind closed doors, then how do we really get the help that people needs? 
you know, so it's 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 a struggle. It's something I just I think we just got to keep having these conversations. I think eventually we'll pull these, like you said, Valisa, we'll keep pulling these layers off, yeah, and we'll get to the place where God really wants us to get. That's right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop right there. I'm gonna go too much further. That's good. So we have a lot of church people that's actually suffering in silence. Yeah, and we we hiding behind our shouts, behind right. our music, behind our singing. It's not good. Yeah. So. So, but that brings the question, though. Why are we so afraid to be vulnerable in the church? And that's starting with the leaders all the way down. You know, is it truly a societal issue? Is it a cultural issue? It's a cultural stigma. It's a cultural stigma, I believe. Because there's, I think there's a huge disconnect, like I said, between the humanity and divinity. Um, you know, we have to just really be honest. We have a lot of people who are anointed and mental. And so we tend to think that their gift, you know, or their anointing, it covers what they're dealing with internally. But we all understand that even when you're operating in the anointing, when that glory lifts off of you, then you're dealing with the reality. Because we all know the anointing is very attractive. But once you're no longer covered, then all of your flaws are exposed. And it's a, it's a hard place to be in because now the people who praise you and who look up to you now that you're uncovered, it's like, whoa, is this someone whose leadership that I want to be under? Do I really desire to be in a worship setting with them? Yeah. 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 I think so, there's uh oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. Go well, ahead. Yeah. I was just going to uh, piggyback off what you said. You know, uh, we, we, I think a lot of people think vulnerability, vulnerability is weakness, right? Like, if I'm vulnerable, right. if people right. know that I'm vulnerable, then I'm weak. And like you said, it begins to, it begins, people, you have the fear that people will begin to question your own leadership. But, but really, that's because the perspective right. is on me. The perspective is on, mm-hmm. on us. And we're, right. we're not called to be me-centered. We're called to be Jesus. We're called to be Christ-centered, first and foremost. Right. And the Bible tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It didn't say that, you know, once we had everything together and, and we were perfectly mm-hmm. fit to do it, that's when Christ, uh, you know, went to the cross for us. And, and we have to get, we have to get all off of ourselves and, and truly be focused on uh, the calling that God, you know, has anointed our lives for. Absolutely. I do. Um, Pastor Luckett shared uh, a post about a week or so ago, and that's what prompted me to invite him to the discussion next week when we're dealing particularly with men and mental health. And so, Pastor Luckett, I have this question for you. Would you describe your experience with the church or what caused you to not feel so safe? Because I I can tell you what caused me to not feel safe in the church, you know, with regards to being able to reach out when I felt broken. Mm -hmm. 
And I know that so many of us have experienced that, but I know that the church should be the hospital, you know? Right. right. That's where we should be able to go when we are hurting. Right. Right. When we need that help. And That's there right. were instances where personally I was embarrassed to mm. go because I didn't want to be talked about. Right. Mm-hmm. So that that trusting relationship wasn't there, but we can't continue to do what we've always done. That's right. Mm-hmm. I went through I went through a uh, really bad divorce some years ago. Uh, it was a really hurtful and tough situation, and um, and and you know I tell you all I was a musician, and and what most of the people cared about in the church was, is he still going to be able to play the organ? Wow. Nobody. Is he going to be here Sunday? That was the question. Man. Is he going to be too hurt to, to make the music sound good? And nobody, I feel like nobody cared about how I feel. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, the, and the, the church people really, in my opinion, they forgot. They forgot all altogether that when Christ was on earth, he was 100% human, but he was 100% divine. Come on. So... Why, why can't the church understand that he understood how I, feel, how I felt? It was all about the music. And, and, and some of the churches have gotten to that point where if you're, if you're not able to perform whatever duty you're doing in church, yeah. you're not as valuable to them. And we got to stop looking at people as being uh, roles or what are you supposed to do in the church? Yeah. But look at a person for who they are. Because, mm-hmm. I mean... The church is a hospital, like you said. It's, it'd be terrible for me to go in there, to go in the hospital with just a headache and come out having to have open heart surgery. I'm not <laughs> supposed to go into the church wow. and come out feeling worse than when I first went in. And that's how I felt. And I almost left. Wow. If it wasn't for Man. Christ, I would not, I wouldn't be here today. Wow. And I even got to the point of uh suicide. I was suicidal wow. playing the organ and nobody knew it. Nobody knew. Wow. Nobody knew. Nobody saw. It. And my question was, why, why, why couldn't anybody discern that I had a spirit of suicide and I was in a holy church too? Mm. Thank that you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's um, that's heavy. And that's I deep. get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to die and I couldn't die because it was, it was that bad. But God left me here. He had a purpose for me. And now I'm pastoring. And now I can, I'm not scared to stand up and tell people that, that Jesus saves. Man, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Pastor. That's awesome. Yes, sir. Wow. I'm just going to hop in real quick. Uh, you know, it, it's almost as if there is a spirit of selfishness on us as a people. You know, it, it's you're right. I've I've been on staff here eleven years, and I there there are times as a church where you have to pull back and say, okay, wait a minute, because it can become a performance if you let it. You know, that's a whole nother uh, topic of discussion, but I think it's relevant into what we're talking about today, because if we're not, it's, uh, as Pastor Cooper said at the very beginning, if you're not in a place where you can 
provide help to others. You know, Sundays can be very great. But like you said, you were there on a Sunday and nobody knew, man, you were suicidal, you know. And if we if we don't draw back and say, wait a minute, not my will, but yours be done. If we we got to quit making it about us. So uh, I want to hear y'all's thoughts. <laughs> this, is, this is heavy to me. It is heavy. It, it is heavy because, and I, I shared earlier on my personal Facebook page that when I accepted my calling in the ministry, I was so, I didn't want to. I didn't ask for this. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I did not say, I, I didn't say, Lord, I want this to be my job to do. But it was one of those things where you can only run for so long. You can only see people being hurt for so long until you just have to surrender yourself and say, Lord, here I am for you. I will do whatever it is that you have for me to do. Mm -hmm. And it was months later before I knew that my calling and that my area in ministry was addressing mental health because I know the personal struggles that I had and past the lucky, I get it because I know how it feels to stand up and sing in the choir on Sunday morning and having to make yourself just get out of the bed just to get there. And nobody understands because you singing and not it's like nobody gets when you leave there. Where is your help? Mm -hmm. Where is your help? People prayed for me, but I didn't get any help. Wow. I didn't get any help. And so this is such a... I don't want somebody else to die because the church is not ready. Mm. For the for, for fear, we can't lose people because we are afraid to be honest and recognize that we are hurting. Mm -hmm. Trauma has changed us. COVID has changed us. Yes. And as a church, as leaders, we have to do something to address our broken people. I don't know what that something is, and I pray. I pray that we find out what it is, but we need help. Yes. Our congregants need help. Our teachers need help. Mm -hmm. Our students, our pa parents, our communities need help. I'm going to be quiet before I start crying. I'm going to give it back to you. Don't cry. I'll just chime in, uh, you know, Anna, when you were talking about that, I'm like, going back to what Pastor Lucky said about the church, you know, really becoming the church. And I, I, I think that, you know, from from even from my standpoint of, of, you know, being a pastor and, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't take this lightly because it ain't, 
it ain't something to just throw around. It, it's a price to pay. Mm-hmm. Many times folks want to be pastors, but they don't want to pay the price. It ain't, it ain't just some, you know, fancy and some fun to do. And, you know, I got to know you, you got to pay a price. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I'm thinking about like, you know, when I look at the church now, and, and I think you, you were saying the best, uh, Pastor uh, Asoto, the, the church itself has become so judgmental. And I'll even say this. Many churches, not only do they not want to deal with mental health, but some churches don't even want folks in there that look like they shouldn't belong in there. And I'm just going to say it. I'm going to be real honest. I'm going to be real transparent. That's why I talked about throwing that sheet over yourself mm-hmm. before you throw it on somebody else. Right. The church now, when people, when people come into the church, you know, I tell them, I tell, you know, I tell them, don't, don't look around nobody else. Keep, keep your eyes on you B- right. because just because they don't look like you don't mean they don't have the same issues as you. That's and a lot right. of times, you know, we, we, we become so judgmental, you know, we don't want folks to come in, you know, off the street. And I'm like, man, I used to, you know, the same folks that's coming in is, is who I used to be. Yeah. I used to ride around listening to eight ball MJG. So why, how, how do I judge a generation that that's, I mean, what I'm saying is uh, unless we can get back to the, what I'm trying to say is this, unless we can get back to the point where we remember who we used to be, right? we'll stop judging those that come in because the Bible says, and such were some of you. That's right. And so all of us at one point, we've been in a place where we've been messed up. And the, and the truth is we still messed up. Still we messed just up. covered by the grace of God. That's it. We, we just got this thing a little bit, you know, a little bit better. But we still got flaws. We still got issues. You know, just because we pastors and just because we done done, that don't have nothing to do with us. We still got stuff that we deal with. But like y'all saying, we just got to be real. Mm-hmm. We got to be transparent. And I think the transparency is what's going to transform the church. Yes. Until we can get real with folks, they ain't going to be real. Yep. They're going to come in guarded. They're going to come in not want to, like you said, Walker, they're going to come. Like you said, uh, Pat, you, you was playing. And all they were, all they cared about was your gift. Yeah, that's right. They didn't care about who you were because your gift. Right. And I'm gonna say, can I just, Pastor, can I say this? Please, yes, sir. The, the the church sometimes will prostitute your gift if you ain't careful. A hundred percent. I'm done. Yes, Let me be quiet because I see. But but Belisha, don't you say nothing. Don't you throw that. <laughs> Watch it. Because <laughs> listen, yeah. Yeah, I I think we have to take away the stages and bring back the altar. Um, You know, a lot of churches, it's it's so, it's a lot of theatrics. It's a lot of, it's a lot of hype and no help. And a lot of um, the the atmosphere is not, the atmosphere isn't conducive for healing. So, I think that's why I say take away the stages, bring back the altars. Because me, I'm a very balanced person. I believe in the power of God. I believe in therapy. And I also believe if you need medication, get it. Because at the end of the day, it all goes hand in hand. Come on. Hey, you may get prayer. You may get prayer, but when you leave service, it may still be so heavy for you that you may need some therapy. We have to get in place to where we can discern when people are going through things as well. Because I truly believe that when you are in a certain place with God, you are able to pick up things. Yeah. 
I'm I'm speaking from experience. You know, when you're truly in a genuine place with God and you're not, you know, you're not into the theatrics, you will have that spirit of discernment. Okay, this person, they look like this. Yeah. You know, but they're going through this. Because the way I was raised up, when we would go into church, you couldn't get past the mothers without them saying, hey, what's going on? Right. You're like, whoa. Like, they would pick up your spirit, what was going They didn't have the necessary tools for the mental health and all of that, but they could call out your spirit, what was going on. So we have a responsibility as the church, and we have to just figure out how to tie it all in together. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's where the connection needs to come. You know, the conversations need to be had with leaders of churches with mm-hmm. regards to let's work together to put a plan of action in place. Right. And it's going to have to start with the leaders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has to start with the leaders. This is not a... This is not a one person can do anything. It has to start with the leaders. Uh, Pastor Soto, I'm I'm, I'm reading your facial expression. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's a lot to process, but uh, Miss Felicia said a lot of good things. You know, it it just had me thinking about, uh, she's talking about how the moms used to call people out. And, you know, I think that's part of the problem. We've gotten to a place in our society where nobody's calling anybody out. Amen. We're, 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 not, we're not making people accountable. Nobody is accountable to anybody these days. And, and you know, I think that uh, our culture it, it has a lot to do with that because you have to think about that. Uh, the older generation, they're at a point now where, you know, they're older, so now it's the, the younger generation that's coming up. And you can see how parenting has changed so much throughout years. And now we're reaping the fruit of... You know, there weren't the moms there or the dads to call people out. We got in this in this uh, spirit now where we're afraid to tell somebody the truth in love. There is a difference, you know, as long as you're doing it in love. I believe it, uh, you know, it is the correct. And even there, people need that. We have to understand that when we, we have the spirit uh, and the intention is love to speak into our brothers and sisters lives. It's only going to benefit them. It's only going to benefit them. So uh, that was just a thought. I thought that was really good how you pointed out from a cultural standpoint and even a generational standpoint how that has changed. It really has. Yes. I am currently reading the book entitled Hiding Behind the Pew. And it points out there's so many interesting things. One thing that really stuck out to me was um, creating a place where we can do what God wants us to do and be God in us, meaning a God that is willing to embrace you at your height of mania or at the depth of depression, a God who will quiet the fears of anxiety and instability. What can we do tomorrow? What could be our first step tomorrow that we could do to try 
to help the church? What can we do literally tomorrow? Jesus tells us that we should be uh, fishers of men. Mm-hmm. And what the problem is, the net is out there. We're catching the fish, men, but we're throwing back the ones we don't want to deal with. The first thing is we've got to start being, stop being selective in who we help. Mm-hmm. You don't look a certain way. If you don't look saved, I don't want to deal with you. I don't want you in my church. But I think we should become fishers of men. Don't be selective on who we help. Yeah, Christ was there for everybody. Christ is for everybody. Amen. Thank you so much. That's good. What are we? I wish I knew what we could do to have pastors together to sit down and have a roundtable discussion as to. Um, what can be done and maybe in due time that will happen but I agree with each of you in that we are hurting right now mm-hmm. and we need help the churches need help with how to deal with us mm-hmm. And we just need to find a way to make that happen because there are signs around us all of the time. And we should be at a point to where we can recognize something, you know? I I just, it's, it's baffling to me. And again, uh, Pastor Luckett, just to hear you say you sat there and you played every Sunday and everyone was concerned about, are you going to be able to play? Not Bobby Luckett, the man, the human. I get it. (laughs) I get it. Pastor Cooper. What you want me, you want me to answer that question? What we can do <laughs> tomorrow? Tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow. What can we do tomorrow as a first? Well, I I think we can, um, you know, and, and actually what I what I'm what I'm going to do is is um kind of send out a recap of kind of some of what we because I, I like to keep the church informed on you know what I what I do you know and. and so I'll send out a recap, and I'll just, you know, I'll just put put it out there. Um, I may even have um, uh, someone to create some type of survey to see, you know, if there are individuals in our church that are dealing. I know there are some that wow. are dealing with, you know, some of the, some of what we're talking about tonight, and you know, we're we're dealing with some of it. Um, but I will just kind of put it out there to see, you know, who who's dealing with some stuff, and they just, for whatever reason, they just hadn't said a whole lot. You know, and and I think for a lot, you know, a lot of times when you think about, you know, biblically, uh, in the book of Mark, Mark chapter five, uh, the man that was the man that was um, in the tomb and he was sleeping among the dead. And, uh, you know, verse five says um, that he would cry out and he would cut himself with stones. This is biblical. (laughs) But when we talk about folks being, uh, you know, cutters. 
That ain't just happened in the 21st century. Wow. This was happening with the man in the tomb. Yep. So a lot of times, you know, we got to trace back where stuff really started. And I think to really help us understand, like, what's going on, uh, you know, and, and like you said, and, you know, how, how do we help people that's hurting? Um, we know one adage is hurt people hurt people. And we, we understand that there are a lot of hurting individuals in the church and, and COVID is just taking it to a whole nother level. Um, but, I, but, I, but, you know, I wish there was like a, a, a magic answer to solve mental health in this country. It, it's not. But I think these conversations are, are beginners. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to reach out to my, you know, reach out to those that, that are, you know, in, in my congregation and just see if there are some issues and some areas that maybe hadn't been tapped into. Now, I will say this. I, I did have someone in my congregation reach out to me uh, after I shared with her what happened with my cousin and said that she was a victim of uh, physical abuse. And, and so a lot of times what happens with one person, you begin to understand that there's more people that's dealing with it. So that's going to be my personal plight starting tomorrow is to reach out to see who has issues, who's going through things. And then, you know, I know I can't deal with everything. And so I'm smart enough to hand stuff off to people who can. And yeah. uh because I don't want to deal with everything. That's what happened with Moses. Moses was taking on too much. Yeah. And 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 he had that conversation with Jethro and Jethro said, hey, you're doing too much. Go find you some folks that'll help you. And so as pastors sometimes we got to understand we can't do it all. Uh mm-hmm. and even if we did it all, it still wouldn't be enough of us to to get done what needs to be done in our churches. So that that's my personal plight and that's what I plan to do on tomorrow. Thank you so much, Pastor Cooper. Uh Pastor Soto, tomorrow. Great word, uh, Pastor Cooper. Yeah, you know, tomorrow, uh, I think uh, what we have to do is, I'm I'm a parent of four girls, oldest is 17, youngest is four, three or four. Uh, When you have four, you just forget. Um, But we get so involved, but we have to make sure the people under our own roof. So tomorrow, check on your families, check on your own people, and then... uh, you know, go from there. And then I love Pastor Cooper's plan to to reach out to the congregation and see who is dealing with what. So that's my plan. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Miss Felicia Wilson, tomorrow. Tomorrow, I would say taking on something of this magnitude, you have to have a team because mental health can be overwhelming just to one individual. So I would say, you know, orchestrating a team and coming up with different strategies and support groups and allowing people the opportunity to, you know, convey their feelings and making it, making them feel like it is a safe place, you know, a no judgment zone. So I would definitely say putting a team together because as Pastor Cooper stated, you definitely don't want to try to take on something of this magnitude by yourself. That's right. It's it's a, a huge responsibility. So that that would just be my suggestion. Awesome, awesome. Uh Pastor Luckett, tomorrow. I'm kind of old school. First thing I would do is go go to God. God, I need a solid plan. What how do I move forward? And before I move forward, God, am I okay? Yeah. It's hard for me to help someone else heal and I'm hurt. So I, I, I'm old school. I, I got to go to God first. What do I need to do? 
Lord, to bring to help bring forth deliverance to others. Wow. Ooh, y'all. Of course, we went over 30 minutes. Uh, <laughs> it's good. I, it was good. Um, we do have one person in the chat that's saying, I would love to have a live in-person panel concerning that, uh, concerning this matter. That would be awesome. This was needed. For all y'all know, we could have saved a life tonight. Yeah. True. We could have saved a life tonight. Next Thursday, we I will be hosting another panel discussion dealing with men and mental health. And tonight I'm gonna get off of here and cry and shout. Go ahead. My anxieties were so high about it. I was literally shaking when it first started. But when you know what God has for you to do. That's right. Oh, yeah. You just have to do it. That's right. And our goal is to save. We got to save lives. We got to save souls. That's it. So I thank you all so much for, first of all, accepting the invitation to come on tonight. I thank you for your time, but I thank you for the God in you and being able to be uncomfortable, <laughs> to get comfortable. That's yes. right. So did anyone else have any, we have someone saying, I love the points given. Could have been another life saved, y'all. I'm seeing hearts. Could have been another life saved. <laughs> Does anyone else have anything to say before we close out tonight? Thanks, everyone. Uh, I really appreciate, uh, Miss Andy, you you putting together this whole thing, and I appreciate everybody's input. Feel free to reach out to me anytime. We can discuss resources and uh, keep the conversation going. So look forward to doing this again. Appreciate you guys. All right. Well, if no one else has anything to say, thank you all so much. Um, I can't thank you enough. And this is step one. Step one. Thank you all. Y'all have a blessed, blessed night. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. All right. Thanks for tuning in to Junto Podcast, Episode 26, A Conversation on Mental Health in the Church. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow our social media. We'll see you on the next episode.